0: Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platt County High School in Platt City, Missouri.
1: I have a special opportunity to uh, today because we've been talking about the Book of Acts. We've been we've been talking about we've been reading about these missionaries in the Bible, these the first missionaries to ever take the gospel and go spread it all over the earth. Well, we have real life missionaries with us here today. We're actually we all we're all called to missions in some form, but we have uh, Jesse and Alicia Chapman. They're from Biblical World or Biblical Ministries Worldwide. They both graduated from Calvary University. You guys can go ahead and come on up. They both graduated from Calvary University or just whoever, yeah, Uh, in Kansas City, Missouri in 2016 after graduation. They completed a one-year internship with Pastor Steve Barsoon of Rocky Mountain Bible Church in Brigham City, Utah. And then in the process, they also had a baby, as you can see, precious little one there, where... The population is 80% Mormons and less than 1% evangelical Christians. They are now in the process of connecting with churches to share their ministry and spiritual needs of Utah, as well as building a prayer and financial support team so they can return to Utah and work as full-time missionaries. And so they were going to share their story with you this morning um, for about 15 minutes or so. And one of the best things you can do today is when you leave Go sign up, uh, sign up and put your email down and get on their list so that you know how to be praying for them. And if you um, want to support and encourage them financially, you can do that as well. That's one of the things, one of the reasons why they're here. So you're from Smithville, right? So not too far away. I grew up in Michigan. You grew up in Michigan. All right, there we go. Yeah, we got some Michigan people over here too. All right, shout out. So go ahead. Here's the uh, microphone. So welcome Jesse and Alicia Chapman.
2: coming through. Okay. Um, So good morning. It's good to be here with you all. Uh, He didn't say this is Kendra. Um, She's definitely the cutest member of the group. Um, But we decided to bring her on up here. So if you don't feel like listening to us, you can at least look at her. But she usually has good input to offer anyway. So uh, we'll just go ahead and and get started. So he stole my introduction. um, So yeah, we'll just dive right in. This is a picture of the Mormon temple in Brigham City, where we did our internship. Uh, officially Mormons are referred to as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, or LDS for short. Um, so if you hear us saying LDS, that's, that's kind of their terminology. Um, so that's what we're talking about. Uh, Utah's population, he might have said this, is about 62 percent LDS. There are 18 of these temples in the state of Utah alone. Um, by comparison, Missouri has two. Uh, so that's just one way to kind of visualize the, the difference there. Now these temples are a very important part of the LDS faith. Um, Temples are where Mormons believe that they can be closest to God, uh, where they can experience God most fully. Uh, Only worthy Mormons are allowed to go into the temples. Um, Temples are where they have their marriages and their families sealed for all of eternity. Uh, Mormons believe that they can continue to be married on in the afterlife, uh, which is a big part of how Mormons believe that they can attain godhood for themselves. Uh, Mormons believe that God was once a man who uh, earned his way to godhood, who achieved godhood. They believe that we are literal spirit children of God. And so they would say, just like, you know, we expect Kendra to grow up to look kind of like her mom or dad. You know, we should grow up, if we're God's children, we should grow up to look kind of like God. Um, And so in their thinking, we should be able to achieve godhood as well. Um, And so that's that's really what the temple is all about, is attaining that godhood. Um, They also do a couple of other things, like baptism for the dead. Um, so that those who are not Mormons but die with, and die without the Mormon gospel can then accept it in the afterlife. <laughs>
0: um, so a couple other things Mormons believe. Um, they would say they believe the Bible, um, but really they, only, they believe the Bible's been corrupted, and so they, would, they really only believe that the Bible contains some truths, some of God's words, but not that it, all of what the Bible says is true, and that all of it is God's word. Um, That's
2: right,
0: Mom. Um, They also, so they have other books of scripture. They have the Book of Mormon, which most people know, but also the Pearl of Great Price and Doctrines and Covenants is where they also get some of their doctrine from. Um, Mormons also believe in modern-day prophets. Um, Specifically, the head of the the Mormon church is the prophet, but um, they believe— anyone can receive personal revelation from God. Um, and not only that, but they really believe that whatever the prophet says is God's will and is God's word above anything else. So if, if a prophet were to say something that contradicts the Bible or that contradicts anything that the Mormon church already has believed and taught, um, they'll kind of throw, throw out what they used to believe and say, well, this is God's will now. Um, just based on what someone says. Um, And actually a lot has changed in their doctrine even since our time in Utah, we've been, by the time we get back there, it will be almost two years um, by the time we move back. And there've been things that have changed in their doctrine that we're kind of having to keep up on and learn and it's going to be um, just kind of a moving target of trying to understand what they actually believe because of that.
2: One of the uh, most difficult things, though, in dealing with Mormons is that um, ultimately Mormonism is not really based on, it's not based on the Bible, um, but it's not even really based on the Book of Mormon or even what the prophet says. Ultimately, Mormonism is based on what the individual person feels. Uh, We actually had Mormon missionaries tell us, word for word, the Holy Spirit confirms truth through good feelings. Now, sometimes it takes a second to, to think through what that means, but that is very dangerous theology. Because Mormons believe if something feels good, it's true. And if it doesn't feel good, it's not true. Well, if I tell you that you're a sinner who needs Jesus Christ or you're not going to heaven, that doesn't feel good. And if you're told that actually the Bible says you can't become a god, that doesn't feel good. You know, actually being told that you can become a god does feel pretty good. You go, yeah, you know, if I'm a good person, I can... I can be God of my own little universe, kind of like God is God of this universe. That, that sounds pretty good, so that must be true, but I can't do that. That doesn't feel good. I don't, I don't like the way that sounds. If I tell a Mormon missionary who's coming to my door to talk to me and say, actually, everything that you've been taught from a young age is a lie that disagrees with God's word, that doesn't feel good. And so to a Mormon, because it doesn't feel good, it's wrong. Um, and so that's very difficult to overcome, very difficult to deal with. Uh, really all you can do, this is, of course, all you can do with anyone, right, whether they're Mormon or anything else, is just go back to God's Word and show them, okay, you feel this, but this is what God's Word says, and what, what trumps what? What's more important, God's Word or how you feel? Well, it's God's Word, and so you just got to kind of drill that into them over and over again, and, um, you know, pray that God will really use that to penetrate their hearts and lives.
0: So many people, when they hear missionaries, they automatically think foreign. They think someone has to go learn another language, eat weird foods. Um, Sorry, she's going to take the mic, apparently. Um, (laughs) And so people think missionaries, they're like, why on earth did you choose Utah? Why are you staying in the States? Um, I kind of would have said you aren't a real missionary unless you leave the country years ago. So (laughs) Um, I like to just share a little bit of the things that God used to change my heart and mind in understanding the mission field that exists within our own country and specifically the one that exists in Utah. So um, only 7% of Utah's population identifies as Bible-believing Christians or evangelicals, um, which is a lower percentage than South America or Africa. Um, And in parts of the state, certain counties specifically, uh, the percentage is as low as 2% or even 0.2% Um, evangelicals, which is a lower percentage than India and about the same as Iran. Um, It also has one of the highest usage rates of antidepressants in the U.S. Um, Utah's in the top five states for suicide rates in the country. Um, Utah's the number one um, in online pornography subscriptions in the country, and it actually has the highest rate of sexual assault um, sexual abuse, and sexual crimes in the country.
2: Now, as horrible as some of those things may sound, um, and as shocking as some of those things may be, they are not the problem. They are symptoms of the problem. The problem is that the people of Utah are without Christ. They need to hear the gospel. Um, And so that's our desire, is to serve the people of Utah by engaging those people in their communities, sharing the gospel with them, and showing them how it can change not only these areas of their lives, uh, but ultimately their eternal destiny. Um, And so, uh, sorry, um, getting lost in my notes. Uh, We often get asked the question, oh, you're going to Utah, so that means you're working with Mormons, right? Well, obviously, we're going to share the gospel with anyone that we can, whether they're Mormon or Hindu or Muslim or anything else. Um, And while it's true that the majority of people in Utah are Mormons, we found that more often than not, our ministry was actually two people who were not Mormons, but living in a Mormon culture. And the way we explain this is similar to Jesus' ministry to the Pharisees. Um, Did Jesus minister to the Pharisees? Absolutely. There's Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea. Uh, But more often than not, his ministry was actually to people who were not Pharisees, but were living in a Pharisaical culture. And that's what we found to be true of our ministry as well, was that our opportunities to share the gospel were with people who were not Mormons, but were living in kind of that legalistic Mormon culture that exists in Utah. And that's not what we tried to make our ministry. That's just where God opened up the opportunities to share the gospel. Um, And so we don't say we're working with Mormons, we say we're working with people. And in reality, our desire is to simply work where God is at work. And we believe that God is at work in Utah. Um, And so, you know, during that year there, we saw a lot of really cool things, uh, uh, ways that God was working. Um, we'd love to be able to tell you about them, but your pastor said we already only have 15 minutes, so, and I forgot to check what time it was when we started, so I have no idea how long I've been going, um, and I have no idea when I'm going to stop, but uh, we won't go into those stories right now, but uh, we we saw God working in really cool ways. Um, We learned a lot. We're really excited to go back and continue that ministry, Um, but for right now, God has called us to this time of going around sharing with churches like you guys, letting you know about the needs of Utah, um, and even hopefully equipping you guys to better reach Mormons in your own communities, whether that's friends or neighbors or coworkers or we were talking to somebody who lives next to a uh, Mormon uh, church building uh, earlier this morning. So you know there are opportunities here in, in Platte City and, and the area to to minister to Mormons. We want to help you guys do that better. Um, now, you know, we say that we want to work where God is at work and we tell people about Utah and they go, wow that sounds like really hard, really difficult. You know, we get people going, Oh we could never do that. You know that just that just sounds way too difficult and, and like a, a hard thing. Um, and 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 we'll agree There can be times when we go, get really discouraged and go, wow, is God really working in this? As we're talking to a Mormon and and getting really frustrated because they just keep going, but I feel this, this feels good, so that must be true. And it's like, but that's not what God's word said. It it can be frustrating. Um, And so so we understand that. But one of the really cool things about Utah ministry is God has placed just a constant reminder of how big and powerful he really is throughout the entire state. And I'll get to that in a second. Um, But first I want to go back to this picture. Uh, of the Mormon temple in Brigham City. And if you've ever seen uh, a Mormon te- temple or, or just from this picture, you can tell Mormon architecture is very beautiful. Uh, it's very majestic. And actually because there's so many of these temples in Utah, if you drive down I-15, you'll often see these beautiful buildings just rising up from the landscape to display their, their beauty for all to see. So here's a picture of that same temple from the view of the highway. Uh, and you can see how it's the tallest building around. Uh, just really visually illustrates the dominating presence That Mormonism holds in Utah. And yet, as you look at that temple, and despite its beauty, despite its magnificence, it pales in comparison to the beauty of the mountain backdrop. The mountains that God created are so much bigger and so much more beautiful and so much more majestic than any man-made religion or any man-made temple. And so to us, that's a constant reminder of how big and powerful God is yeah, we get discouraged, you know, we get frustrated, um, and we can go, is God really working here? And then we just look out our back window, and we see those mountains, and we go, you know what, the God who's big enough to put those mountains there is big enough to break through whatever barriers is in, is in this person's heart. Um, and so to us, that's just a huge encouragement, one of the many benefits of and privileges of Utah ministry.
0: Um, so what's next for us? The Um, our plan currently is in September of this year. We will be moving back to Utah. Um, we are heading to Tremont in Utah, which is Northern Utah, um, about 30, maybe 45 minutes south of the Idaho border, just for frame of reference. Um, it's really close to where we did our internship in Brigham city. It's only about 20 minutes north of there. So, um, that's where we're going to be returning. We're going to be working with a church plant there, um, working with another missionary there just to help them in their ministry um, as it's really hard to do this all on your own a lot of times. So that's what we feel God is calling us to go do. Um, we're excited that we're going to be so close to Brigham City where we did our internship because we left some really good relationships there, um, really good witnessing opportunities that we would like to be able to continue to follow up with, continue in um, evangelizing and discipling there. Um and so lastly, really the biggest thing that we're here to ask you for is we're asking that you would pray for us. Um, we cannot do this on our own. We know that. We know this is all by God's grace that we can um, go to Utah and hopefully have any positive effects. So we just pray, ask that you would be praying with us um, for his will. So um, just some kind of specifics you can be thinking about is um, as September is... Cl- quickly approaching. Um, Just pray for us as we're looking for housing when we land there. Thankfully, Jesse's actually already been able to line up a part-time job um, to help in supplementing our missionary support. So, um, but pray that that would continue to, there's a couple of logistical things to still work out in that. And um, so really just pray for all of those little logistical things that come with cross-country moves and settling into a community. yeah, so we would really appreciate those prayers.
2: Thank you guys for allowing us to come. Uh, we really do love talking about Utah and about Mormonism, so feel free to come talk to us if you have any questions. Um, of course, we've got a table in the back with lots of resources and things like that, and as your pastor mentioned, you can sign up to pray for us. Um, Kendra wants to say some things, but we're not going to let her. Uh, but <laughs> Brady, I thank you, come for, on up. Would you come here? for allowing us to keep her with us. Uh, we, we view her as a part of our ministry team, so we like to keep her with us whenever we're doing ministry. It's Hopefully good training for her. So thank you guys. Appreciate awesome.
1: it. We're going to have uh, the other Pastor Brady. Thank you very much. So this is, uh, this is the other Pastor Brady. Two Pastor okay. Bradys in one place. Yeah, two for one here. And he is a missionary at heart and does missions all over the, the globe and wherever he's at. So I'm going to have him pray over you guys. Actually, I'm going to give him the microphone so we got this.
3: Good? There you go. All right. One of my best friends growing up is a Mormon. Okay. There's a Mormon family that I grew up here with in Platte City that I've been praying for for over 30 years. So I'm thankful to hear about your ministry. Uh, Lord, I just, we just thank you for these guys. Thank you for the stirring that you've put in their heart. We pray, Lord, that as they go around to different churches and share their message like they are, then not only would they be stirred, but they'd be equipped, Lord. I pray that you'd move in the hearts of people in this congregation to support them financially, to support them with their prayers. Lord, we need desperately to send more missionaries out into the Mormon community and to reach these wonderful people who are loving people and need to know Christ. I just thank you for these guys, and we pray that you would Strengthen them, encourage them that they would not grow weary in doing good. Yes. and That you would bless their ministry, bless them to get back out there in September as is their plan. We pray that nothing would thwart that. We pray for this precious baby girl. Just thank you for her. Thank you for her life. We just pray, Lord, that you would cover her under the shadow of your wing all the days of her life. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. So there was a song that we used to sing all the time when I first started youth ministry and it was called Hop on the Bus. Anybody know this song? No? Did you know that song when you were younger, Tony? i surprised you didn't know this song. It said, hop on the bus, God's on the move. There's a seat for me and there's a seat for you. It don't matter what you've done if you believe in his son and what he's done and what he'll do. God's on the move, And that's what's going on right now in Scripture. The gospel is advancing. The kingdom is growing. The message that is being proclaimed is a consistent message. Christ crucified. He was the atonement for the sin of mankind. He is the one who paid our debt. He covered the cost. He set us free. It was good news. In Christ, it says you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new is has come. He was raised to life to conquer the grave. We sang about it. It was awesome. We sang that song. Raised to life, conquer the grave. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. Now that feels good. That truth feels real good. He who believes in me will never die. By confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, it says you will be justified before a holy God. And then he asked this question about the resurrection and the life. He says, Do you believe this? It was the truth that he would ask people all the time. Do you believe this truth? And we are justified by what he's done, not what we can do. And so there's so much that we think, well, we got to do this. We got to earn our way and we got to follow these rules or whatever. But it's what Christ has already done for us that makes us clean before the Lord when we put our hope and trust in, them, in Jesus. And it says, People are commanded. As they were going about preaching the gospel, they're commanded to repent. They were told to turn from the worthless things that, have been, that they have been pursuing. Empty religion, false religion, worship of man-made idols, and on and on and on. He said turn from and turn towards God, the one who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them. But Paul said it's not always going to be easy. Matter of fact, he says that it's necessary to go through many hardships to enter the, kingdom of, the God, of kingdom of God. It's necessary to go through many hardships. Right here in this room, we can list out the many hardships that we have been through, some of us together as a body of Christ. I think about the Bonars, man, they have been through some hardships. They had a daughter that was very sick in the hospital just recently. A mother that had fallen and broke an arm, right? And then another mother had just had heart surgery. I mean, it's like, all right, Lord, bring it on. Do we ever feel that way? Bring it on? <laughs> or like, please, Lord, just let it go. This is too much. Terrible marketing strategy, right? For a new startup business when it comes to the early church. Hey, y'all, come to church. The coffee is hot. The music's good. The people are friendly. The preaching is, eh, it's okay. Oh, and life will be full of hardships. Welcome to the church but you won't be alone. You will be a part of a global family that is called to love the Creator and those that He's created. That's our calling. That's, we're, we're a part of a bigger story, a part of a bigger family. So uh, Brady sent, us, uh, sent a few of us these, uh, these testimonies where I don't know how long ago it was, Brady, that hundreds of missionaries flooded the country of Peru. And we've been to Peru. We have children. We adopted children from Peru. We've been to Peru on mission. And we've, we've been there. We have saw the, the desperation, the poverty, and the, and the people who just need the hope. A lot of Catholicism there. A lot of people are like, well, I hope I'm going to go to heaven when I die. And we're like, well, don't you want to know that you can know the truth, that you can know for sure that you're going to go to heaven when you die because of the faith you can have and put in, tr- in Jesus Christ and not in some kind of a system or a religion? And so this, this recently there's hundreds of missionaries flooded that whole country. You know what it'd be like? It'd be like hundreds of people going to Utah at once. Wouldn't that be incredible? Just with the same, yeah, exactly. Sign, it's like more people go with them. Sign them up and go. And so while they were there, there was a 17-year-old girl from Australia who left her home in Australia, the comfort of this beautiful country. They go to Peru. She shares the gospel. They were there for a couple of weeks or so. And while she was getting ready to go home, and I know how this feels because I've been in this place before, they were rushing to get to the airport and they got to the airport one minute too late and she missed her international flight to home. Now if you're an adult, it's frustrating enough, but if you're 17 years old and you're homesick and you're tired and you're hungry and you just want to go and go back and be with your family, she was, she was uh, very uh, discouraged by that. And so there at the, at the airport, there was a lounge full of all these missionaries from all over the world. People who have been sacrificing and giving. People don't have like deep pockets. They've given everything to go on this trip. And so one of the guys that was there said, you know what? Um, let's go up to the ticket counter. Let's see what they can do. They said, yeah, it's going to be anywhere from $800 to $1,200 to change your ticket. Okay. The reason why I'm telling you this story is so that you will know that the family you're a part of is big, it is generous, and it is full of love. Okay, that's the benefits of being a part of this global family. And so while they were there, they went around and they said, you know what, uh, she's, she's crying, she's trying to get hold of her parents. How is she going to afford to do this? She, she's 17 years, she doesn't have a credit card, you know, what's going to happen? So they said, you know what, all the missionaries got together and said, let's take up an offering. Let's pass around a basket or a shoe or whatever it was. Let's take up an offering and see if we can help this girl get home. And so they took up an offering. And at the end of the, taking up the offering, a, a teenage boy came up and said, all I have left is $2. Well, he had $2 more than I had. Well, no, actually, I have, I have $1. So he, was, he had more money than me. So he had $2. He said, can I give this $2? I know it's not much, but is that, is that okay? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. Just give what you can. And so they threw it all in a pile. They, it sounded like Acts chapter 2. You know, the church just coming together and taking care of one another. And they, they counted it all up. They go up to the counter. She said, okay, I, I think I found you a flight. It's $1,154.50. Guess how much money those missionaries collected. $1,100 and 54, or $1,154. Now, they could have got $2 anywhere. But that young man did his part and brought it to a total of $1,154. That's the family you're a part of. And if that doesn't encourage you today, that you know that you're not alone, that there are people who care about you, that will help take care of you, that's the church. If you're looking for something other than that, to be entertained or to whatever, then you're missing the point. It's about people caring for one another and taking care of one another. And so this is, the, this is this family she's a part of. Now, we have an opportunity today, before we leave, we have an opportunity to bless a widow here in Platt City that lives in a home that was in disrepair, and her insurance company said, uh, this has to be taken care of, or we're not going to insure the home this next year. And so, they, so we found out about it. It's someone that we knew. It's a lady that used to come to our church, but she's physically unable to come anymore. And so we, uh, we know a guy that works in our ch- comes to our church who's a contractor, and some other people went and cleaned it up and got it ready, and they painted the house. And so, hey, I'll just be honest with you. Let me just tell you right now. Our church, we have enough money in the bank to pay it, but I, but I want you to be in on the blessing, okay? And so if, whatever we, if we come up short, if we come up short, then we'll, we'll make up the difference. But I'm praying that we don't even have to worry about that. All right, so today, okay, this is the difference. There's a difference between a tithe and an offering. Your tithe is your in, you tithe on your income and you just bless the Lord with it. You give it back to the Lord because he gave it to you first. But an offering is when you say, you know what, above and beyond. I'm going to get out this front pocket, back pocket, whatever it is you need to do. We're going to take up an offering today before we leave, as you leave, to cover the cost of paying for this widow's house being painted so she doesn't go in uninsured, okay? All right? Her name is Barb. She's a precious, precious lady and would love to be here, but physically can't, like I said. And so in your, with, with your offering envelope today, okay, then what I'm going to ask you to do is to put whatever you can inside that envelope and just write house on the outside of that envelope and circle it, okay? Now, if you're like, you know what, Brady, I can't afford to tie that, you, that's between you and the Lord, all right? But we're going to take up an offering to bless this lady today. And, I, and, and my, my hope is, is this exact amount, you know, but I don't know that. I don't know for sure what the exact amount is. Sound good? All right. That's part of us being a part of this global family. So last week, so last week, before we get into the past of scripture, I know we, but we're going to get into it. We're going to do it. So Acts chapter 17 and 18. So turn in your Bible. If you have your Bible with you, go ahead and turn there. And so last week we talked about, uh, how Philip was, the angel of the Lord told Philip to go, he went, he asked questions, he shared the gospel with the Ethiopian eunuch. And uh, it was funny, I asked middle school boys, or actually they're high school boys now, what a eunuch is. I told them to Google it, should have seen their eyes. If you don't know what a eunuch it is, Google it, like later, not now. All right, so we had the, they had the word up here, gas, go, ask questions, share the gospel. And so I had the opportunity on Tuesday, I did a funeral for a 54-year-old man with Down syndrome. And it was one of, the, one of the most incredible funerals I've ever been a part of. They had the Batman symbol on the casket. They had a Batman symbol on the hearse driving down the road. It was awesome. It was so fun to be a part of that procession. You should have seen the people looking. It was crazy. And so we did this funeral. And after the funeral was over, we drove to Blue Springs to the graveside. After the graveside was over, they were all gonna meet at this uh, little bar and grill at, in Parkville, to just fellowship together as a family and friends. And so I was running a little bit early, and I thought, well, I have time. You know what? I think I'm just going to go see my wife because she works at Parkville Women's Clinic right close to where this place was at. So I thought, I'm just going to pull in here and go see my wife. Guess what happened? Now, I didn't, the angel of the Lord did not come to me in my car and say, Brady, go to Parkville Women's Clinic. There is an assignment for you. Go and be obedient. Like, I wish that would happen more often. I Hopefully, I'd be obedient to that, but it didn't happen. I just knew I should go see my wife because that's something I should do. So I go, and while I'm there, she tells me about a young couple that came. They're both uh, strung out on drugs. She's five weeks pregnant. She wants to get clean. She doesn't know what else to do. She's in getting some counseling, getting some help. He's out in the parking lot freaking out. He's a 24-year-old young man. And I'm inside talking to my wife. She said, did you see that young man out there? I said, no, I don't know who you're talking about. So next thing you know, he's banging on the door. He wants to see his girlfriend. He's panicking. And we have these women. And my wife's one of the youngest ones working there. There's a few younger than her. But she's like, Brady, can you go talk to that guy? So I go out, and I start asking questions. And I'm asking him, like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, what, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? When was the last time you worked? I even got to the point, I said, hey, dude, what's your drug of choice, man? It's meth, coke. Whoa, okay, yeah, that's pretty serious stuff. Like, when was the last time you used? Oh, I don't know, about a week ago. Okay. Are you scared? Yeah, dude, I'm scared. He said, I've never been through this before. He's crying. Before it was all over with, I had the opportunity to share. I hugged him. I just embraced him. I said, you are not alone anymore. You have a friend in this world. I said, do you want to be free? He said, yeah, I want to be free. I said, I want you to say it right now. I want to be free. Say it out loud. He said, I want to be free. I said, I want you to say, Jesus set me free. He's like, Jesus set me free. Man, it was awesome. All I did was go, ask a few questions, and share the gospel with them. And that's what's going on in the book of Acts. They're going. The message is is spreading. Acts chapter 17, verse 24. All right, let's just get through this because this is good stuff. We don't want to miss out. Acts uh, chapter 17, verse 24. Paul is going, and he ends up in Athens. And he's there in this place called the Areopagus. It's, like, it's called Mars Hill. It's a place where they go and they, they sit around and they talk. There's a, this is tribunal. This is count, this is, it's a council of, of all these people that want to sit around and, and think good thoughts. And it's almost something out of, uh, out of uh, the Wizard of Oz. You know, there's thinking good thoughts and saying whatever. And so Paul's there. And he's, he has the opportunity to proclaim to them the gospel. And listen to what he says in verse 24, chapter 17. It says, The God who made the world and everything in it, he is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in shrines made by hands. Neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives everyone life and breath and all things. From one man, he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and their boundaries of where they live, it says. He did this so they might seek God and perhaps they might reach out and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Is it possible that everything, good or bad, that you have ever experienced has happened so that you might seek God. So that you might seek after him. And it says if you seek him, you will find him. Though he's not very far from any of us. Even when you feel like he's very far away. The reality is, the truth is, of the gospel, of the, of the word of God, that he is right there with you in the midst of that time in Isaiah chapter 55 I love where it says seek the Lord this is Isaiah 55 verse 6 seek the Lord while he may be found call on him while he is near let the wicked one abandon his way and the sinful one his thoughts let him return to the Lord so he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will freely forgive so powerful all right let's move on just for time's sake Acts chapter 18. We're going, to meet, we're going to meet a couple. We're going to meet a missionary couple. Aquila and Priscilla. Now, they, uh, they didn't have much of a choice to leave where they were. They weren't like choosing to go to Utah. They got pushed out of where they lived because Claudius was like, no more Jews in Rome, everybody out. And so they made them leave. Do you think that Priscilla and Aquila were thinking at that particular time, like God has appointed the times and the boundaries of where we live, and this is just what we're, what we're supposed to do. My guess is they were a little frustrated by it and discouraged, and like, what are we supposed to do now? And look at chapter 18. It says, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, where he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all of the Jews to leave Rome. Paul came to them, and since they were of the same occupation, tent makers by trade, he stayed with them and worked. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade both Jews and Gentiles. Have there been some times in your life, circumstances in your life where it just didn't make sense? And you found yourself questioning and wondering, like, what what is going on? They had to be having that thought. They had to be wondering, what are we supposed to do now? What are we supposed to do now? But you, you know what? It didn't matter where they were geographically. It didn't change what it was they were supposed to be doing as followers of Jesus. Listen to some lessons that we can learn from them. God didn't leave them nor forsake them because they were at a different location. And it just so happened that they happened to be tent makers just like this guy Paul that they just so happened to run into can you see god's hand in this like i hope i hope so cuz i want you to be able to see god's hand in your story too it says god used this common denominator and their faith to create a new friendship and then from that friendship came a partnership God used their heart for him, obviously, and he used their heart for others in this new location. They started a house church. The church of, Cor- the church of Corinth started in Priscilla and Aquila's home because they, they practiced biblical hospitality. They welcome people into their life. Listen, y'all, if you're not welcoming people into your story and into your life, you're not going to experience all that God has for you. You're just not. If you live in isolation and away from the body of Christ and not participating in the work that God is doing right here in this community, you're missing it. You're missing the joy, you're missing the power. Of the Holy Spirit working in you and through you. What if Priscilla and Aquila just said, you know what? This is not fair. We're put in this place. We're just going to isolate ourselves away. We're just not going to open up our home to anyone. Man, they would have missed being a part of the greatest story ever told. They actually then, later on in 18, leave there and go with Paul to another city. To plant another church. Brady loved Priscilla and Aquila. He's like, man, I love those people. I love their spirit. Like they just, so they go, they go to this other place. And while they're there, this is uh, in 18, let's uh, move over real quick to verse 24 and we'll finish up our time here. Chapter 18, verse 24. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native Alexandrian, an eloquent man who was competent in the use of scriptures, arrived in Ephesus. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately about Jesus, although he knew only John's baptism. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, okay? After Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained the way of God to him more accurately. So they had received... And they were then turning around and giving what they had received away to this guy named Apollos. When he wanted to cross over to Achaia, the brothers and sisters wrote to disciples to welcome him. After he arrived, he was of great help to those who by grace had believed. For he vigorously refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating through the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. All right, real quick. You all still here with me? Put your, raise your hand like this if you're still here. Okay, thank you. Apollos, this is just a little quote that I, that I read, Apollos was, was mighty in the Scriptures, but he only knew the baptism of John. So this means that he knew Christ, or that he knew Christ had come and fulfilled John's prophecies, but he didn't know the significance of Christ's death and resurrection. He didn't know the ministry of the indwelling Holy Spirit or the mystery of the church containing both Jews and Gentiles. Priscilla and her husband took Apollos aside, explained these things to him. Both Aquila and Priscilla possessed an in-depth understanding of doctrine learned from Paul. And this husband and wife team was able to pass on to other Christians and build them up in their faith. Like, that is great. Jesse, that's a good word for you guys. You would take this faith that you have and you'd go and you'd pass it on to others and build them up in the faith. So Paul, or so Aquila and Priscilla, use their geographical location and the knowledge that they've received to pass it on to Apollos. Now, let me finish with this. I understand that all of you come into this room and you're at a different place in your walk with Christ. Some of you are very mature believers. And you walk in the fullness of all that God has for you because you've been practicing it for a long time. Some of you have a knowledge of Jesus, but yet you have have yet to receive a deeper revelation of who he is to the point where it changes the way you live, the way you give, the way you speak. And not that you get weird about it, but it just changes your priorities. Like, you're just not the same. I guess at some point Jesse wasn't a missionary to Utah. Like, he, God has revealed himself to him over and over and over again to get him to this place. You can, are you with me there? So I don't want you to feel bad about that. I want you to feel, I want you to feel the, this reality that God is with you right where you're at right now. He knows where you're at, and he, he wants to take you to the next step. Reveal himself to you a little bit more. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have to want it. And you have to you have to pursue that. It says if you seek him, you'll find him. And it's not about feelings. It's about reality and truth. And it's like pressing in to things that are true. And if you want to take if you want to grow in your faith, it's gonna take some there's gonna be some hardships. It's gonna take some work. It's gonna, it's gonna to have to, it's gonna press in a little bit on you. It's gonna, sometimes the friction cuts away the things that shouldn't be there and it reveals new things and new growth. It's 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 beautiful, but it hurts sometimes. Priscilla and Aquila were faithful servants of their master till the day that they that the day that they died. Paul mentions them in his last letter, actually, in 2 Timothy. He mentions again this couple that were so faithful. With the worship team, go ahead and come on up. Okay, hear this, hear this. True spiritual formation, like you being formed into the image of Christ, requires, there's this phrase that has been used multiple times and different people have quoted it. Some people have written a book about it. It requires this. A long obedience in the same direction. It's like 40 years of marriage, right, Steve? A long obedience (laughs) in the same direction. Eugene Peterson, he says it means going about our assigned task confident that God will provide the meaning and the conclusions. You're like well, Brady. I just want to know. Every, I want to know what I'm supposed to be doing, or whatever. You know what? Just keep walking forward. Keep being obedient. Keep doing the very next thing He's asking you to do. Trust the meaning and the outcome to Him. Walk by faith today, not by sight. Let's pray. Father, as we worship You one more time, as we sing this, this all familiar uh, hymn to you. Lord, would you call us to a deeper level of obedience? Lord, would you stir up generosity in us as we think about this this widow here in town that that needed her house painted and she couldn't afford to do it herself, so the church steps in and and it becomes the church for her the way we're supposed to, Lord. Would you put it on our hearts to give? Would you remind us today of the reality of who Christ is and and that we need to put our hope and trust in Him that maybe we have a head knowledge of Him but we have yet let it seep deep into our hearts where we follow Him with passion and commitment no matter where it is that He calls us to go or what it is He asks us to do. So Father, I pray that You would cause us to respond in some way today, whether it be in our hearts where other people can't see it or maybe it's an outward expression of our, uh, our love for you, Lord. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for the examples that we, we get from people in this book. Let us spur us on today to love and good works. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks again for choosing this podcast from The Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church, or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com, and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.